You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what up? Welcome back. Episode 50 of the Wide Right Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Honey of Elite Sports New York and the Elite Sports Radio Network. Thank you so much for tuning in. 50 up and almost 50 down as soon as we're done recording this. 50 episodes uh, of this podcast, which is crazy. Thank you so much to those who tune in. Uh, I'm not sure there are many of you that tune in every single episode. Uh, but for those who still tune in and still you know, take time out of their day, their week to listen to me rant about my favorite football team, um, you know, thank you so much for that. I, uh, I can't thank you enough. It's an honor to be able to do so. It's an honor to be able to provide this type of content for you each and every single week, twice a week basically at this point. So um, once again, thank you so much for that. And thank you for tuning into this milestone episode in which we have a lot to talk about. Okay, Corey Ballantine news, Tay Crowder news, as well as previewing the upcoming Giants game as we always do. This time around, the Week 10 matchup between the Giants and Eagles taking place at MetLife Stadium. Big game for either team, Giants 2-7 and seven in last place in the division. Eagles leading the division, but at 3-4-1, and one, obviously every team in the NFC East this year has been putrid and below average. So this is a big game for either team. Huge game for the Giants to make some noise in this division, despite the fact that they've only won two games thus far on the year. So, But we'll preview that in a little bit. I uh, want to talk about the Corey Ballantine news. So on Tuesday, the Giants decided to cut ties with Corey Ballantine. He was waived. Okay? After a year and a half after he was drafted in the sixth round of the 2019 draft out of Washburn. So... Giants waived Corey Ballantine to make room for the activations of Will Hernandez. Will Hernandez was activated off of the COVID-19 reserve list. Obviously, he's missed the last two games. Rookie guard Shane Lemieux started in, started in his place. And the Giants also activated Dante Pettis, who they claimed off of waivers last week. Dante Pettis, a wide receiver, most recently played for the 49ers who drafted him a few years ago. Struggled this year. Didn't exactly have a concrete role with the team. So he was waived. Giants picked him up. He should... Probably get some reps, and I, I don't know how many reps he's going to get on a regular basis as a receiver, but he may return kicks, punts as well, so we'll see what his role is going to be in the coming weeks. But yeah, Ballantine is now gone after just a year and a half with the team, and a year and a half that was not exactly ideal on the field, to say the least. Okay, after a so-so rookie campaign, mostly a below-average rookie campaign, Ballantine began the year as a starter, began the 2020 season as a starter, started the first two games, and struggled mightily. Okay, And after those two games, his defensive playing time didn't even diminish. It just disappeared, really. I mean, he took 59 snaps on defense in the first game against the Steelers, and then 29 snaps in the second game against the Bears. 
And then over the course of the last seven games he was with the team, he took a combined 19 defensive reps. So 19 snaps of playing time on the field, on defense, combined from weeks three to nine for Corey Ballantin. And he just wasn't great. He struggled. I mean, there's not a, there's not many statistics to go off of this year because he didn't exactly play, you know, much overall. Uh, but just this year alone, he allowed quarterbacks to complete six of eight passes when targeting him for 79 yards, a touchdown, and the uh, quarterbacks combined to record a 145.3 rating against him. Uh, last year, which, you know, is a bigger sample size to go off of, Ballantine allowed quarterbacks to complete 64.3% of passes for 393 yards, four touchdowns, and a 126.4 rating. So he just wasn't that successful, wasn't that productive on the defensive side of the ball. Didn't exactly fit into Patrick Graham's defense. The staff seemed to prefer Ryan Lewis and Isaac Yadam over him. Excuse me, Isaac Yadam over him. Uh, so that's that. And uh, yeah, the Ballantine era in blue is done. It's concluded after a year and a half. Uh, but good news for him, he doesn't have to move, does not have to change apartments or homes or anything like that, because the Jets claimed him a day later. On Wednesday, the Jets picked him up. So out of all the teams he could have gone to, he went to the one team in which he did not have to change stadiums, apartments, you know, living locations or anything like that, mailing addresses. So that's at least good news for him. Uh, so good for him in those regards. Hopefully, Ballantine finds success with the Jets at some point. And, uh, you know, good luck to him on the rest of his career. Didn't work out with the Giants. Doesn't mean it's not going to work out with another team. So good luck to Corey Ballantine. Uh, in other news, got some Tay Crowder news for you. So the Giants designated Tay Crowder, rookie inside linebacker, was a seventh-round pick, was this year's Mr. Irrelevant. Um, obviously had the, the go-ahead scoop and score against the Washington football team in Week 6, in that Week 6 victory. Uh, G- Giants designated Tay Crowder to return. Tay Crowder was on injured reserve right after that Week 6 win with a hamstring injury, so he's missed the last three games. And they just uh, they just designated him to return, which gives the Giants a 21-day window to activate him off of injured reserve officially. So he will likely be back for the matchup against the Eagles this Sunday because if he wasn't going to, if the Giants didn't think he would be healthy enough to play against the Eagles this Sunday, they probably would have waited because the next week, week 11, is the Giants' bye, so the Giants don't play until week 12. So if they didn't think that Crowder was going to be healthy enough to play this Sunday, they wouldn't have started that 21-day timetable because if they don't activate him within that 21-day timetable, he stays on injured reserve for the rest of the year. Giants don't have him for the rest of the year. So expect Tay Crowder to play this Sunday against the Eagles. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I mean, will he get back into the starting lineup? I mean, he, he was starting before their injury. Will he get back? Will he retain that role, sort of say? Um, I don't know. You know, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, Patrick Graham's defensive lineups are very scheme-based. You see some guys, you know, getting a ton of reps one week and then nothing the next week. We've seen that with Julian Love. There's games where Julian Love plays a whole lot at safety, and then there was a game where he didn't play a single snap of, you know, he didn't see a single snap on defense at all. So, yeah, it's great that Crowder's going to come back. I'm not sure what his role is going to be. We don't know yet until we watch that game on Sunday afternoon. Um, He could get a ton of reps. He could not get any reps, you know, at all. I I don't think they're not going to play him at all, but I'm just saying he he could have, he could be on the field for 85% of the team's defensive snaps or 26%. We don't know. 
Patrick Graham's defense and his defensive lineups are very scheme-based. So we still don't know how much he's going to play against the Eagles this Sunday, if he does indeed play against the Eagles. And speaking of that game, as I said before, there's a huge game for either team. Giants are in last place in the division at 2-7, and seven, but just one win behind the Eagles, who are 3-4-1 and one and leading the division, which is such a putrid record to have if you're leading the division. Uh, you know, the Giants obviously had a great opportunity in Week 7 to beat the Eagles, uh, coming off a win over Washington. However, Giants, of course, blew an 11-point lead late in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, tough game. It's... Still a tough game to swallow if you're a Giants fan, writer, podcaster, or if you're you know you're a player or a coach or anything related to the Giants. It's a tough one to swallow. But now the Giants have a chance to completely put that game behind them and stay afloat in the putrid NFC East and beat the Eagles for the first time in four years. And in order to do that, we'll start with the offensive line. Offensive line's got to come together. They gotta open up the holes for the run game, just like it's had the last two weeks. This Eagles run defense is not stellar whatsoever. 130.8 rushing yards allowed per game, which is 24th in the NFL. Okay? The Giants need to take advantage of that aspect and they need to run the ball effectively and efficiently and utilize multiple guys. Whether it's Wayne Goleman or Alfred Morris or Devontae Freeman if he's healthy, run the ball consistently, effectively, efficiently. Take advantage of this less-than-stellar Eagles run defense and take the pressure off of Daniel Jones and tire this defense out. Okay, I, don't under, I don't know how this um, Giants offensive line is going to work. I think they may cycle in through both the tackles and guards. I think you're going to see uh, Nick Gates, the center, really be the only guy that's going to be on the field every single snap. Giants may use a tackle rotation with Andrew Thomas, uh, Matthew Parrott, Cam Fleming, as well as the guard spots with Shane Lemieux, Will Hernandez, and Kevin Zeitler. Uh, I, you know, it that's so it's the offensive line is going to be unpredictable with how it's going to look. But regardless of who's in the game, regardless of who's on the field, this offensive line needs to take advantage of one of the Eagles' glaring weaknesses. Okay, and you don't want to have to throw the ball too much because this Eagles secondary is a lot stronger than its run defense. Eagles secondary is fourth in the league. 209.4 passing yards allowed per game. You got to run the ball consistently and effectively. You don't want to throw the ball too much. You don't want to make Daniel Jones throw the ball 40, 50 times a game. Okay, you just don't. So you also want to limit the opportunities for Jones to turn the ball over. That was an issue against the Eagles in the Week 7 loss. He turned it over twice, I believe. Had the pick. Um, had the fumble late. You know, he, he didn't turn it over against Washington last week for the first time all year, but that doesn't mean this turnover issue has just magically disappeared. Jones is still very much prone to making mistakes with the football and turning the football over. You have to run the ball, take the pressure off of Jones, limit the opportunities for him to turn the ball over, and limit the opportunities for him to make the mistakes against this strong Eagle secondary. Okay, simple as that. You know who's also prone to making mistakes as well? Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has turned the ball over a whopping 16 times this year. And the Giants need to force him to do that even more this Sunday. In order for them to do that, they're going to need to utilize the pass rush on a consistent basis. I say this every week. They have to utilize the the pass rush on a consistent and effective basis. 
See what happened when the Giants got some pressure on Alex Smith late in this past Sunday's win? See what happens when the pocket collapsed or they pressured him outside the pocket? Yeah, Alex Smith threw two late-game picks to both Jabril Peppers and Logan Ryan, both of which helped seal the Giants' victory. You have to get pressure on Carson Wentz. It can be done. It's not, like the, it's not like the Giants don't have the bodies to get the job done. They have guys. I know Marcus Golden isn't with the team anymore. I know Lorenzo Carter is out for the year. I know Ocean Zimenez is still on IR. But that doesn't matter. Kyler Frackle's good. You can send you know Blake Martinez or Crowder if he plays. Peppers and Logan Ryan can step up in those regards. Uh, Leonard Williams has been able to pressure the quarterback effectively and efficiently this year. Just send guys and get in his face. If you do that, they will. If you if you get guys in Carson Wentz's face, he will screw up with the football and he'll turn it over, just like he has many times already this year. Eagles are in the top half of the league when it comes to running the ball, 13th in the NFL with 118.6 rushing yards per game. So the Giants are going to need to contain that aspect in order to do that as well. So the Giants got to contain the run, force Wentz and the Eagles to throw, and then get in Wentz's face. Okay, you got to contain the run, force the third and longs. That's when Wentz will look to throw. That's when you can get pressure in Wentz's face, and that's when Wentz will make mistakes and ultimately turn the ball over, and the Giants' defense can get off the field, which they've had issues doing the majority of the year. Okay? So contain the run, force the third and longs, get pressure on Carson Wentz, he'll ultimately make mistakes, Giants turn the ball over, or they don't, or the Eagles won't convert on third downs. Either way, Giants' defense are get, is getting off of the field, which is key, which is something they have not been able to do much this year. Okay? So on the offensive side of the ball, Giants got to run the ball, take the pressure off of Jones. On the defensive side of the ball, they got to contain the run, put pressure on Carson Wentz, force him to make mistakes. If they can do that all successfully, I think the Giants will win this matchup on Sunday, which will be huge going forward. Okay, it'll tie them for the number of same number of wins. They'll put them at three wins, same as the Eagles, who lead the division, which would be huge, uh, as you can imagine. Um, am I endorsing a Giants win, though? Of course not. No. I like my reverse psychology. My reverse psychology worked this past week. I predicted the Washington football team to defeat the Giants, and the Giants won. So, I am looking for the reverse psychology to work for the second straight week. I say 21-17 to 17 Eagles. Book it now. Okay? Eagles win outright. Eagles cover the spread. I believe that would hit the under, if we're going to talk about betting purposes. So, but 21 to 17 Eagles, that's what I'm going to say right here, right now on episode 50. And having said that, thank you so much for tuning into episode 50 of the Wide Ride Podcast again. Thanks a lot for letting me rant to you about my favorite football team each and every week. I'm so glad to have done it, you know, 50 times at this point. So, uh, as always, I'm Ryan Honey. Follow me on Twitter at Ryan Honey, E S N Y. That's at Ryan Honey. E-S-N-Y. Listen to and subscribe to the Wide Right Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, okay? Wherever you get them. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll talk to you guys after the game.
Thank <laughs> you.